What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the I'm Intel Like the TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a good episode for you this weekend here on this uh, last day of October, October 31st, ha- uh, Halloween day, Halloween night, if you will, the year 2020. All NFL talk, and then we got some news as far as the as far as Major League Baseball is concerned, with uh, new managers and new places, and uh, I don't know if business to get to in the National Basketball Association, but it will be for the most part a football show, as we will preview Week Eight of the National Football League, uh, key games there, and of course pick the we pick the Week Eight games against the spread like we do each and every weekend. So. Having said that, let's jump right into it. Week 8 of the National Football League, the uh, midway, just coming up on the midway point of the season, uh, when these games were played, uh, obviously November the 1st, first Sunday in the month of November, can you you imagine that? We're already, we're already uh, two months, and we're already two months, you know, the football season is already two months completed, and we still got uh, two more months of regular season football left than the entire month of January for the playoffs. And then February or March, wherever we might stand with the Super Bowl and coronavirus and all that sort of stuff, and the things of that nature are concerned. But um, but this is where uh, we start to uh, separate the men from the boys as far as the pretenders and the contenders within the National Football League and two contenders that are going to be duking it out uh, at one o'clock. And I think is going, I think is the best game of the weekend by far. Is the Steelers and the Ravens? Now I now if y'all recall, I remember I came on here back in September saying, you know, the the Raven the Ravens Chiefs Monday Night game week three would be the biggest game of of any playoff magnitude of their season. But who would have thought that Pittsburgh would have started six and zero? First place in the AFC North by first place in the AFC North by who would have suspected that? Back in early September, you know they really hadn't played anybody yet. You know if you go back, if you go back and look, the uh, in week three, you know the Pittsburgh had beaten the Giants, Denver, and Houston. You know so and 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 those three teams, safe to say, at that point in time and even now, those are not playoff teams by any circumstances, and that's not exactly uh, impressive. So you know three weeks into the season, Pittsburgh three and I'm like, all right, well. A couple teams going to get lucky and start three and zero simply because of simply because you know their opponents are weaker than they are on paper, and everything and everything else. But Pittsburgh six and zero, okay. Baltimore is uh is at five and one. Uh, Baltimore's only loss, like I said, was to Kansas City on that Monday night game. Pittsburgh has not lost a uh, has not lost the game all year. They took care of business against divisional opponent Cleveland I believe that is their only uh I believe that's their only divi- yes that's their only divisional game that they've played so far in the 2020 season they play the Ravens twice in the month of November of course they play them on Sunday November the 1st and then they play them Thanksgiving night after uh you know after we had to sit through Texans and Lions that I saw and then Washington deadbeat Washington going up against uh the the non-motivational dead as a doornail nasty as uh old dishwater with the string bean casserole dish Dallas Cowboys so we get that and that game's going to be on NBC I heard a lot of talk on social media this week the NFL's got to flex this the NFL's got to flex Ravens and Steelers you know it's the best game nobody wants to watch the Cowboys blah 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 but what but what the people don't realize and don't get me wrong if if they I'd be more than happy with having uh with having uh Baltimore and Pittsburgh here at uh, with having Baltimore and Pittsburgh on Sunday night the problem is is that Baltimore that is that the Baltimore Pittsburgh Thanksgiving game is going to be played on NBC cuz NBC has the rights for it's Fox doesn't do 
uh, the, the the network that has Thursday night football, they don't do um, they don't do the Thanksgiving uh, night game on Thursdays. That's an that's an NBC Sunday night football deal. So NBC already has one Ravens and Steelers game on their roster uh, or on their schedule, I should say. And and even though the NFL can, has all the power and, you know, they're the big bad NFL, they'll put, you know, they'll tell the networks what to do with and putting on times in their games and this, that, and the other. But even CBS, who is who's one of the most highly established, most watched popular t- uh, mainstream television networks in the history of American television that goes back to doing football back in the 50s. Even they are not going to let the NFL take basically lose out on two Steelers and Ravens games. So, you know, so the NFL had, so CBS had to at least get one Ravens and Steelers game, and it happened to be the Week 8 game instead of the one uh, around the week of Thanksgiving, which will be played in Pittsburgh. But so the NFL, so even CBS is like, no, no, you, no, we can't, we cannot afford to lose both. And, and the teams are, and these are one of the two best teams in the AFC North and one of the two best teams in the AFC. Uh, uh-uh, we are not losing both of those games. So that's why Steelers and Ravens aren't on Sunday night football. Instead, you get the Cowboys and the Eagles, which will be, and depending on my mood that day, I might not even watch it. I'll, I'll watch a movie. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, you know, I'll play Madden. Something. I might even go to bed early and not stay up till quarter to midnight watching. That is just such a oh, a terrible football game. But I digress. Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Pittsburgh, of course, coming off of their win. Uh, coming off of their win on the road against Tennessee, like I discussed on Wednesday, they did not they uh, let their guard down a little bit in the second half. Tennessee made adjustments. Ben Roethlisberger turned over the football. They did a good job by stopping Derrick Henry. They held him to under 80 yards rushing, but but they but you know the defense lacks in the second half. Ben was careless with the. Uh, was careless with the was careless with the football, uh, turn over the football three times, uh, and then of course on the Ravens side, they coming off of a Bobby, they took care of business against Pittsburgh's interstate rival, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, same deal with them; they let Philadelphia get close towards the end of that game too. But but Baltimore evidently uh, came out came out of uh, Lincoln Financial Field with a victory. Um, they they of course I of course. <clears throat> Excuse me. I of course discussed earlier in the week about the Des Bryant signing. How I like that for the Raven offense. Ravens has one of the worst passing offenses in all of football in 2020. They need, you know, he's not going to be activated on the. He's not going to be put on the active roster. Put into the starting lineup immediately. But give it. But get. But I'll, I'll tell you this. Expect to see Des Bryant. Uh, on on the field in uh, purple and in purple and white for for Baltimore come Thanksgiving night when these two teams play each other the last Thursday of the month. They ex- expect that. I I do I expect it. He he's not he's not going to stay on the practice field for the, for very long, especially if the Ravens have a hard time uh, making plays offensively, throwing the ball. Mark Andrews drops every ball in sight. Willie Sneed, uh, Marquise Brown are aren't as effective and they got to make the Lamar Jackson work expect to see Des Bryant come off that practice squad and onto the active roster quick fast and in a hurry I like that signing but he will not be in action of course on uh on Sunday's game going up against Pittsburgh and if you're Pittsburgh look you got a great defense okay your offense though and this is what would scare me. Baltimore is one of the top, is top five in the National Football League as far as uh, sacking the opposing quarterback. While Pittsburgh has while Pittsburgh has allowed uh, has allowed uh, eight sacks total all year. That's uh, second best in the National Football League. So they got so Pittsburgh has a solid offensive line. Baltimore, of course, loves to get after the quarterback. It'll be very interesting to see. And you know, and Pittsburgh loves to loves to blitz. They love to blitz. They love to stack the box. You know, they held Derrick Henry, and that's a phenomenal rushing team. The the uh, the Tennessee Titans are. They managed to keep Derrick Henry in check. 
Baltimore. They don't exactly, uh, in, there's not exactly one pure guy a la Derrick Henry that's going to take all the load and just go crazy on you. You know, they'll, they'll rush for over 200 grounds rushing, but they evenly, but it's all evenly distributed, distributed between Jackson and Ingram and the other, um, and the other running back that they have. So it'll be a very, and I would not shock me if this is a very low scoring defensive, defensive game. Matter of fact, when this game popped up into my head, Steelers versus Ravens in Baltimore in December, 2008. Um, and you guys, I don't know if y'all remember, but that game, uh, that game where, where the game ended with Santonio Holmes, um, catching the ball on the end zone. I mean, it's one of the most closest, and it was and it was foreshadowing because Pittsburgh ended up winning the Super Bowl that year. They won the Super Bowl. They ended up winning the Super Bowl by a tippy toe uh, catch by Santonio Holmes against the Cardinals. But it was but you know, and Santonio Holmes caught the ball within an inch inside of the inside the end zone with his toes clearly in the end zone, but his body you know, um, falling forward, and it was a close review, and that was a very defensive game. Pittsburgh ended up winning that game thirteen to nine, and ended up uh, and ended up sweeping the regular season series from Baltimore, um, with that with that defeat, and they or with that win, excuse me. And then of course, and then of course the matchup prior to that that they played in Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football that was also. A, uh, that was also a defensive game too. That game was played on uh, September the twenty ninth, and that was a, and that was a very uh, deep and that was just a you know your old fashioned Steeler versus Raven football game where Steeler where the Steelers won another close game twenty three to twenty in overtime courtesy of a Jeffrey forty six yard field goal. But back to the twenty twenty teams. This will be a very intriguing, very interesting football game. I expect it to be a very physical and a very close and competitive football game. It's going to go down to the wire and you can make the argument, you can make the argument that whoever gets the best of two between these two teams could go up against Kansas City in the AFC championship game. Baltimore Pittsburgh. Rivalry's been kinda it's been kinda eh last couple of years because, you know, both teams haven't been uh, you know, terrible, but they haven't been like the big bad boys of the AFC like they were back in the late two thousands, early two thousand tens, a la the two thousand eight examples I gave y'all when these two teams played each other for a third time in Pittsburgh. Um, they played the first times in late September on Monday night. They played each other in Baltimore in mid December. Then they played each other again uh, in Pittsburgh for the AFC in the excuse me in the two thousand two thousand and eight AFC Championship game. So you can make the argument, make the argument that the that whoever gets the best of two um, will will likely go up not just win the division but also and put themselves in good shape to go up against Kansas City in the AFC uh, championship game in uh in uh in January. And also, if Pittsburgh wins this game, look at the schedule that Pittsburgh has. I go to my facts and figures book. Mad Dog Russo thinks he's the only one with these things. Uh-uh, I got one too, doggy. Not the not the physical copy, but I got the PDF, which is uh, which is just as good because uh, it's 2020 and we use uh, technology. Um, so they so after Baltimore, after Baltimore, Pittsburgh has um, after Baltimore. You know what? I'm looking at that doesn't have the updated schedule because remember, Pittsburgh has uh, had that scenario with the Titans where their bye weeks and everything else was all. Mixed up, so I actually have to Google it right quick. After this game, after this game, they have a, I believe they, I believe uh, no bye weeks. So after this game, so after, excuse me, get my thoughts in order. After the Baltimore game, they go to Dallas, 425. I think that game's going to be on CBS. 425 the next Sunday. They play the Cowboys, who stink. That game will be an absolute bloodbath. Uh, they play. They play uh, the Bengals 
and Pittsburgh. That should not be a pretty sight. They should win that game easily. They play the Jaguars, who are terrible. That's that's the third game after Baltimore. Then they play the Ravens again. So that's like the so their only difficult games for their only difficult games for the rest of the season are the two games against the Ravens and Buffalo. You know when they play Washington after they play Washington after Thanksgiving they stink. Uh, Buffalo. You know I think they I believe they lost to Buffalo last year when they played each other in Pittsburgh. Buffalo. Hopefully they uh, straighten things up up in Orchard Park. They should be a playoff contender come middle of uh, middle of December. They play Buffalo in Buffalo. They go to Cincinnati and play them of the uh, four days before Christmas, the last Monday before Christmas, on uh, Monday Night Football against Cincinnati. Um, and who, so who knows about that? You know, hopefully Cincinnati will, it's been a while since Cincinnati's hosted a Monday night, not a while. It's actually been a couple of years, but you know, Joe Burrow at home, I've, Joe Burrow at home on Monday night, you never know. Pittsburgh gets hot. And then, you, you know, it's any given Sunday is that old quote, you know, you never, you never know what's going to happen. And sometimes you just, you lose games that you have no business losing. So I know, I know Bengals are going to get whooped. In Pittsburgh on in November, December, who knows? Who knows? And then they play the Colts, you know, who are a decent opponent, but the Steelers should take care of them pretty easily. Then of course they, they uh, end the season against Cleveland on the third of January, and Cleveland uh, cannot be Pittsburgh for anything. So so Pittsburgh has a very easy easy chance easy chance to be 10 and 0 by the time they get to play Baltimore again on Thanksgiving night. Meanwhile, from a Baltimore perspective, let's see who the Ravens let's see who the Ravens play after Pittsburgh. Ravens after Pittsburgh, they play the Colts on the road at the Patriots, home against Tennessee, Steelers rematch on Thanksgiving. Cowboys the Thursday night at the Thursday after Thanksgiving. Baltimore, you know every you know every year they ever since they've been doing Thursday night football they pick two out of the six teams that played on Thanksgiving that played on Thanksgiving to have the Thursday game uh to have the Thursday game uh the Thursday after Thanksgiving and this year it's the Cowboys of course. And then they pick the uh, then they pick the Ravens to go up against, and that'll be a Ravens home game. Dallas stinks. That game also will be an absolute uh, bloodbath. But they got interesting opponents in Tennessee, of course. I know they're chomping at the bit to get back at them after they absolutely embarrassed them in front of America in that playoff game. Derrick Henry going crazy. Tim Tebow jump pass. I don't have to go through it. Y'all remember it. Back in uh, back in uh, January, what nine months ago, Cow- Steelers Thanksgiving, Cowboys the Thursday after Thanksgiving, then the Browns, and then the Browns again. Uh, on that, that's a Monday Night Football game. So the Ravens will have three straight uh, primetime night games. They have a Thursday night game on NBC. They have a Thanksgiving game on NBC. Thursday night game on Fox, and then they play a Monday night game on the road against. Uh, against Cleveland and then for and then uh for the first time in nearly a month uh, you know Tennessee and Ravens will be at one o'clock on the 22nd of November Ravens don't play an afternoon game again don't play an afternoon game again until uh, nearly a whole month later on December 20th when they play against Jacksonville that should be easy pickings and then of course the Giants and then they close out the so the Ravens have a little bit of a tougher schedule than Pittsburgh does because they still have to play Tennessee because they still have to play uh because they still have to play Tennessee and and Cleveland and I wouldn't put it past Cleveland to beat Baltimore in their own building um especially especially on a on a Monday night but uh but hey, that's why these two games that they play against Pittsburgh are very, very important and vital football games if these teams want to make a run late in the season. This is where they uh, they separate the men from the boys when the uh, when you start getting to the thick of the season towards the end of October, early November, when you're about uh, halfway through the season. And I've done all that talking for. Uh, how long have I been going here? For about twenty minutes, and that was just on one game. 
Um, the second game that I'm not going to go too in depth about, but I am interested. But I am interested in is the Bills and the Patriots. This is the Bills' uh, prime opportunity to knock the Patriots off their quote-unquote AFC East pedestal. They've won every division title since uh, since two since two thousand and nine. Of course, the Dolphins won the division in two thousand eight when Brady tore his ACL. Um, so, if Buffalo wants to prove to them, prove to themselves, more importantly, and prove to America that they are there to uh, dethrone the New England Patriots and to claim the AFC East as quote unquote their division that they you know and sitting high in first place and looking down below, below to all the peasants. This is a game that they have to win, especially at home. Especially at home, Cam Newton was awful. Patriots have been sloppy. That mojo that they had the first few weeks of the season has gone away, whether it be Cam with Cam coming down with Corona, whatever the case might be. Edelman's out because he had a procedure done on his knee. So the the Patriots are vulnerable. They are wounded. They are vulnerable, and they should be an easy pickings. If if Buffalo if Buffalo does not take care of business against New England at home, with uh with with the Patriots missing uh, missing Edelman and uh, Cam who's been horrendous, and they've been a little bit of a rut the last couple of weeks. I don't want to hear anything about Josh Allen, Buffalo, nothing. You know, I came to Josh Allen's defense. You know, a couple times, but against the Patriots, y'all want to prove y'all belong. Take care, take care of the guys that have been kicking that have been kicking you up and down the football field for the better part of the last fifteen plus years. You know, they're down for the count. Finish them off, Buffalo. Finish them off. And from a page, and they also need to get back on track too. Their offense was horrendous. They kicked nothing to field goals against the lonely against the lowly Jets. Week before that, they had problems against uh, they had problems against Kansas City, and then a week before that, they got absolutely uh, slashed by uh, by Tennessee. So uh, so that's a game that I'm gonna keep a close eye on Buffalo and of course uh, New and uh, Buffalo and New England. Third game of the weekend: 49ers and Seahawks. That game will be at 4:25. That game will be seen on Fox. I believe that will be the quote unquote Fox game of the week. With uh, with Buck and Aikman and uh, Aaron Andrews, uh, so between forty, so the forty nine of course, just coming off of speaking about New England, forty nine ers kicked, uh, you know, absolutely embarrassed the Patriots last week. The one of the worst, the worst loss in the Bill Belichick coached Patriot era at uh, at Gillette Stadium. I mean, they absolutely kicked the Patriots up and down the field. Oh, it was a, from a from a Patriot standpoint, it was an absolute eyesore to watch. Eyesore, eyesore. They kicked them up and down the field all afternoon long. Seattle looking uh, you know, licking their wounds after their first loss of the season, first loss since losing of course to Green Bay in the playoffs back in January. They come home. Seattle still has that crown of being undefeated without fans, which is which is which is just as impressive being undefeated uh, at CenturyLink. These two teams play each other for the first time since these two, since these two teams played in the same venue, mind you, Week Seventeen back in late December of 2019 for the division, which had uh, which had a lot, you know, and it wasn't just for the division. It was seating. It was who plays where, who gets what by. There was a lot riding on that game, and a lot and more, and a lot of teams were affected. Not not just uh, 49ers and Seahawks, and because the Seahawks lost that game, uh, because Seahawks lost that game, Green Bay. I believe that was the reason why Green Bay had a uh yeah had a first had a first round bye and the Saints didn't I think at some point so I think at some point Seattle played themselves out of getting that they may or might have but they certainly played themselves out of winning the division and getting a home and getting a home playoff game and because they lost to San Francisco San Francisco locked up the number 1 seed and uh, and I think that was be and I think that was the reason why uh, I want to say Packers, but I'm not positive. Either reason why the Packers got the bye and the Saints didn't, or 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 the reason why the Packers got the bye and the it's it it was it was a confusing mess. But if you want if you want to do it at your own leisure, go back and look and see 
what the playoff implications were on that game the last time two these two teams played each other. Week 17, where Jeff Hollister nearly won the Seahawks of the division by a quarter of an inch is how close it was. And then of course Seattle and you know and how and they're such a well oiled machine at times. I say that sarcastically with Pete Carroll as the head coach. You know, they do they get they have no timeouts, so they have to take a delay a game penalty, which which absolutely killed them, if you recall, down the uh down the stretch late in that football game. Seattle, uh their defense is absolutely atrocious. And I and I uh, confidently, uh, without fear of contradiction, believe that they're up there with uh, with Cincinnati as one of the you know worst divisions in football, especially in in crunch time. Those two teams need their quarterbacks, Burrow and Russell Wilson, to win games for them, because that because those defense are ve- those defenses are very very spotty, especially late in games. Seattle was absolutely atrocious against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, letting them come back late in that football game. Russell Wilson was careless for the first time in like forever with the football turnover, the football uh, left and right. Hadn't it not been for DK Metcalf, one interception Russell Wilson threw in that game would have uh, would have been seven points, and who knows how the game would have uh, how who knows how how the game would have went from there. That's going to be a very intriguing and exciting football game between San Francisco and uh, and Seattle. That game, of course, is uh, it's the second. I have my eye on Patriots and Bills, but that is the second best game of uh, of the weekend. Uh, the third best game of the weekend, you can you can argue, is Saints and the Bears. Bears, you know, uh, coming off of a loss where they absolutely were dominated by that by Aaron Donald and that Rams defense uh, on Monday night. While the Saints are coming, while the Saints, mind you, um, are trying to uh, catch up. And make up some ground with uh, with um, Tampa Bay, who is in first place at five and two. New Orleans at four and two on the season. New Orleans though has that advantage of taking care of Tampa the first week of the season. They took care of business against Carolina uh, at at the Dome last Sunday. Uh, Saints four and two, Bears at five and two. Bears need to win this game to prove to America that their that their uh, five and zero start wasn't a fluke. Five and zero, five and one, whatever it was, their that their uh, nice start wasn't a fluke, and that they're a, that they're a for real NFC playoff contender. And the Saints need this game just so they can keep pace with uh, with Tampa because Tampa will absolutely pick apart the Giants to shreds on that boring. Boring, dull, and bland Monday night game when uh, when Tom Brady is essentially going to uh, have the New York Giants for dinner uh, on Monday night in a couple days. So that's where you stand with Week 8 of the National Football League. Take a break, get to the picks, and then we'll get on to some other things. This is the Amitelica TIS Podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. the Amitelica TIS podcast, switching gears to your favorite segment of the program during the football season, week eight picks, National Football League, halfway through the season, more uh, about a good portion of these teams uh, have bye weeks this week, teams uh, that have bye weeks in week eight of the season, I can give them to you right quick in case you are interested. Teams with the bye weeks this week are as as follows. Uh, The Cardinals, Washington, Jaguars, and Texans are the teams with your byes. 
Um, both all uh, three of the four teams play home games next. Texans are the only team that are on the road against Jacksonville. Um, meanwhile, it is time for your week eight picks of the 2020 National Football League season in the league where they play. For pay. Indianapolis at Detroit. Indianapolis favored by minus three going up against the Detroit Lions, who, with help of Todd Gurley, handed them another win last week. Detroit returns home. I'll take Indianapolis to win with the three points, 26-23. Minnesota going up against Green Bay. Green Bay favorite minus six and a half. I'll take the Green Bay Packers to win at Lambeau, 35-21. Patriots at the aforementioned Buffalo Bills. Both of these teams need these wins in the worst way imaginable. Buffalo needs this win to prove to America that they belong in the AFC East. Patriots need this win to keep their season alive. Buffalo favorite minus three and a half. I'll take New England Patriots to win this game uh, 21-17. Tennessee favored minus six against my Cincinnati Bengals. Tennessee coming off of a heartbreaking loss. Steven Guskowski missed the field goal late. Bengals, I'm not even going to rehash that nightmare against Cleveland. Uh, Bengals will be in the nice color rush uniforms on the first. I will take the Tennessee Titans to beat the Bengals 35-21. Raiders going up against the Cleveland Browns. Browns favorite minus two and a half. I'll take the Browns to win 28-17. The Jets yet to have a win, and it'll be very difficult going up against one of the best teams at AFC North and their old nemesis or their old teammate, uh, Le'Veon Bell who signed with Kansas City to get that revenge against uh, the Jets because the Jets, I guess, uh, bothered him that much and were that much of a deplorable uh, organization that he went to uh, to go ring chasing a la Ke- Kevin Durant and to uh, join a team that really doesn't need him. And uh, in the Kansas City Chiefs, I would take Kansas City to absolutely destroy, destroy the Jets 49-3. to Rams favorite minus four against Miami. This is Tua Tagovailoa's debut as an NFL starting quarterback. But the Rams have played well, though. Their defense is hungry. I'll take that defense to uh, eat Tua for, for lunch on Sunday and have the Rams beat the Dolphins 24-20. to 20. Pittsburgh and Baltimore, the game of the week. Lots of hype. Both fans are hyped for this matchup. A lot on the line for this, and it's only week eight. Baltimore's favorite minus three and a half, and I will take Baltimore to defeat the last remaining undefeated team in the National Football League. I think Baltimore win the game 24-17. to The Chargers' favorite minus three going up against the Denver Broncos. I'll take the Chargers to win that football game going up against Denver in Denver 27 20. The Saints are favored minus four going up against Chicago. I will take Drew Brees and company take care of business against Chicago 28 17. Saints, of course, coming off of a win against the uh, against the Panthers in Chicago, licking their wounds after getting uh, ramrodded, no pun intended, by the Rams on Monday Night Football. San Francisco against Seattle. Uh, I gave you the information on that rematch. San Francisco trying to uh, do what's a hard task. And that's pretty much uh, walk out of the 2020 season alive, seriously, with no other key players to have to go on IR for the rem- for the remaining of the season and, uh, and, uh, and sneak their way into the playoffs. I had them as a 9-7 football team. I think that they will be a 9-7 football team and sneak into the playoffs. I think that they're a little bit better than uh, than the Rams, and I think they're better 
than uh, than the Cardinals having lost to the Cardinals at home in week one. Seattle, of course, trying to stay undefeated at Century Lake and get back on their winning ways. Favorite minus three. I'll take Seattle to win by three. 31-28. Dallas at Philadelphia. Philadelphia favored minus seven and a half coming off of a late uh, last or excuse me, a late fourth quarter win against the Giants while Dallas is just a dead man walking right now. I mean, there's mutiny coaches, you know, players don't like the coaches. Mike Nolan's getting Tabasco sauce in his eye. Jerry boy is uh, cutting players for being overweight. It's just a complete mess down in Dallas. And it doesn't make a Dallas Cowboy uh, hater shed a tear not one bit. They deserve everything they get. They are a team that is relevant and is continually talked about because of the stuff that they did back during uh, the the uh, Bill Clinton and uh, Jimmy Carter and uh, Richard Nixon administration, which is hard to believe that they've gone so long without an appearance in the Super Bowl, let alone a Super Bowl championship. Uh, Dallas, no, not a chance with Ben DiNucci, who, what, nuh-uh. Philadelphia favorite minus seven and a half. I'll take Philadelphia to win on Sunday night, 31-13. to 13. Tampa Bay fire, favorite, excuse me, minus ten and a half against the Giants. Tampa Bay's been on fire. Uh, they, they beat the brakes off of Green Bay. They took care of business against the Raiders last week. While the Giants still trying to figure out how the heck they lost that game on Thursday, uh, a couple Thursday nights ago on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and just trying to, just trying to win some games and to find some momentum because they have, uh, because momentum has not been their best friend, uh, here in the 2020 season. Eventually got to start winning some games going up against the GOAT Tom Brady, of course, uh, Antonio Brown. I'm not sure. Is he playing in this game? I, I should look that up and see. But it doesn't even matter if he's playing this game or not because Antonio Brown uh, really does make a difference when Tom Brady is playing as well as he's has been playing for the last uh, for the last couple of se- for excuse me for the last couple of weeks. Um, it doesn't look like that Antonio Brown will play in this game, um, although there is rumors that the Buccaneers could use him as a kickoff returner. But that's neither here nor there. Buccaneers will win big 31-16. And that is your Week 8 picks in the National Football League in the league where they play for pay. Take a break. Close out the program with some items and some news regarding basketball and baseball. Coming up right after this. Welcome back to the I'm Selica TIS podcast here on this Halloween night. At least here in the East Coast when I'm, when I'm recording this, it's still daylight out west where uh, Megan Orange County is watching uh, reruns of the 2002 Angels Championship against Doggies, uh, against the uh, Doggies Giants, or he's watching, re watching uh, game two of the NBA Finals between LeBron and uh, Jimmy Butler. No, I'm kidding. Um, welcome you back here on it. You know, and before I get to all this, I've never been 
just just an opportunity for me to talk because it's the last segment of the program and I got nothing else on my mind other than this little item of business I got with uh, with um, the NBA and Major League Baseball. But I've never been, I don't know about y'all, but I've never been like a Halloween guy. You know, it's just, you know, I mean, you know, I, don't know if I, I listen, you know, the, most ha- the most Halloween I get, this is the most Halloween I get. I watched the two Halloween themed episodes of the Cosby Show, and I listened to Thriller about five times in that day. I listened to it yesterday. I've listened to it twice today, including when I played it coming out the break prior to the picks, and that's about it. I've never, I've never been a Halloween. You know, I remember when I was in middle school, we do these. You know, and Brandon, if you're listening, you you know exactly what I'm talking about how we. You know, you dress up and you have a parade to show off your costumes. But, you know, outside of that, you know, I've never been, you know, I don't like the idea of knocking on the door, you know, in people's houses, asking people for candy. You know, they give you one little piece and all of a sudden you're in a hospital or it's just, it's just, and this is before Corona, I thought this, it's just the idea of just knocking on people's doors asking for candy it's like uh, really you know y'all we can't just go out and just buy up all the candy that's on sale at walmart and just eat all the candy to your heart is uh to your heart's content you gotta go up there with a bucket you know and uh, october 31st isn't exactly the most uh warmest of october nights uh, especially in the mid-Atlantic to the northeastern part of the United States, as well as the Midwest. So, I mean, Connecticut, they had snow on Thursday, for crying out loud. So, you know, and not, and, you know, when people want to wear their costumes, unless, unless, um, unless you got that, you know, a costume where it's like, where it keeps you warm, I lie, you get one of those little, uh, dinosaur jumpsuits, which is like the equivalent of wearing a, uh, of wearing like footy pajamas from head to toe or whatever, you know, the costumes don't keep you warm. Like one year, like one year I went as a doctor in middle school for my middle school's little Halloween little thing. And I'm sitting up there, I'm sitting up there parade at like eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning, freezing my ass off because I'm literally wearing, you know, the light, you know, you know, what doctors wear the lightweight. Um, I forget the, uh, the term for them. What are they called? Um, uh, uh, I forget the word for the doctors. Uh, for the doctors. I, anyway, but you, but you know, y'all out there in the podcast land know what I'm referring to. But I'm simply freezing, and I got long. I'm freezing, you know. And not every costume is, you know, not every costume is meant to be worn during, you know, cold weather. You know, and you know if you live. Uh, you know, if you live uh, north of, uh, if you live north of of uh, of Charlotte, North Carolina, and and uh, from the Mississippi River eastward, and from Mississippi River east, from the east side of Mississippi River to Charlotte, North Carolina, and north, you know, October thirty first is a cold night. You know, temperatures are in the 40s. It's the last day of October, for crying out loud. It isn't exactly one of the most warmest days of the month of October, where the fall weather more becomes, in that part of the country, a lot like winter weather. But, um, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I've never been that much of a Halloween person. Never went trick-or-treating as a kid. Uh, that's just, that just wasn't me. It just wasn't, not how I was reared. Family really isn't that big on Halloween either. Uh, It's just, you know, and I don't, I don't like the idea of sitting around watching, watching scary Halloween movies and stuff that, that does nothing for me. A, I don't like being scared and B, I'm not going to sit up here and intentionally watch a movie that's going to freak me out. I, I don't, I don't understand a logic in that and I don't understand how people think that's fun. Uh, but again, that's, that's me, nobody else, you know, I dressed up for a couple of years and, and, uh, and left it at that, you know, so, uh, that, that's, that that's 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 pretty much that's pretty much my thoughts on uh on Halloween and the whole anticipation 
for the holiday throughout the month of October when the Halloween, when the day of Halloween is literally, is, you know, it's the last, it's the last, uh, you know, it's the last day of the, of the month of October and come Monday or Tuesday, we will be hearing, we will be hearing Christmas carols, Christmas music, and I tell you something right now, it is October 31st. I bet you all of the money in my savings account that yours truly will be helping begrudgingly put Christmas decorations up come November 20, come the weekend before Thanksgiving. Guarantee you. Come the weekend of the 20th, 21st, and 22nd, yours truly will be scrambling around the house, putting up Christmas decorations. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. I mean, I'm, I'm, listening, to, I'm listening to Sirius, and, you know, they, they're, advertising a, uh, they're advertising a Halloween-themed music channel one minute, and then exactly the next minute after I hear Candace Cameron, Bure, Burr, whatever the name is, the, uh, whatchamacallum, DJ from Full House, advertising those stupid asinine uh, Hallmark, uh, Hallmark Christmas movies where every plot of every single freaking movie is the exact same and one of the most uncompelling movies you can ever... <laughs> Ever sit up and waste time of your life and watch, you know. I'd I'd rather I'd rather watch paint dry than watch any of those dopey Hallmark Christmas movies. But by the you know while while she is off doing her nine millionth Hallmark movie, you know how about we do a movie or uh, or do a little spot a la sixty minutes uh, with uh, with Scott Pelley uh, or Anderson Cooper whoever and have her break down. Uh, her her uh t her TV aunt by marriage, uh, <laughs> Lori Laughlin going to jail yesterday for two months for child for uh for uh for the for the college admission stuff. You remember that you know saying saying uh saying that her daughters could roll she could get into the University of South Carolina South uh University of Southern California. And I guarantee they would know whitewater rafting from uh, from uh, deep sea snorkeling. How about how about we get we get Karen, Can, uh, Candace do a couple minutes on that? Two months for bribing her kids who probably aren't worth dead fly smash and wouldn't know the difference between uh, JFK and FDR to get into the University of Southern California. Two months. Two months. Black mother got sentenced five years for enrolling her child into a better school district. And Lori Loeffler got two months now for essentially being a fraud with the college admission stuff. Fake SAT scores saying that she was a rower. Candace, can we have you do a homework movie on that? Instead of your traditional, you know, stupid 90-minute flick where, you know, it's the girl who's who's as discombobulated as all can be, runs into this quote-unquote hot guy that all the 45-year-old white suburban women, you know, dream about when they're having their uh, five-minute um, two-pump chump sessions. <laughs> With their, with their husband who's fast as prime, you know, some guy looks like he should be on the, uh, you know, in the bottom third of an NHL, uh, of an NHL team roster, and, uh, you know, she meets the guy, and you know, in the airport or mall, whatever the case might be, and they run into each other, and then, you know, it's by coincidence, and then they run into each other again. And the next thing you know, the movie ends with a proposal or them, you know, swapping spit while while snowflakes are falling from uh, from the heavens on uh, Christmas night, uh, Christmas Eve. You fellas out there know good and damn well what you're talking about because you, you've been forced by either your sisters or your wives or your mothers 
sit there and watch one of those dopey things. The worst piece of cinema ever is those Hallmark Christmas movies. And can we get Candace Cameron Bure to do a couple minutes on her co-star uh, defrauding colleges to get her two dopey kids that, again, probably couldn't pass the couldn't pass eighth grade history into University of uh, Southern California. Can you do a couple minutes on that? Be nice. Be nice. And by and by the way, by the way, by the way, Joy Taylor and Liv Cowherd. If there was a contest for the best Halloween costume in the world, those two would win undisputedly. Hands down, champions. I'll leave it at that. Switching gears now <laughs> to the NBA and former Rockets executive Darren Morey. He found a home in Philadelphia after Philadelphia cleaned uh, cleaned the front office house and got rid of uh, 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 Brett Brown uh, got rid of Brett Brown after they got destroyed by Boston back in August Darryl Morey is their new executive um, you know ha did, didn't win a thing in uh, in Houston with James Harden with the nine million threes you know they're like um, they're the more expensive version basketball version of the Oakland A's, you know, with the with the analytical nonsense and just take a million through. I've been over it time and time again, which is why the A's never won anything with Billy Bean and the and the Rockets didn't win anything with Darryl Morey. Billy Bean is now uh I don't think he's going to be involved with the with the on-field operations with the Red Sox. I think he's more or less being a part of um of John Henry's little ownership group with his with the Red Sox and of course his soccer team over across seas in Liverpool, but um but Daryl Morey he's looking to see if he can find success and, ch and championship success which which eluded him in Houston, uh, uh in Philadelphia. The rumors Sam Hinkie said he was stoked, uh, quote by him that he running that he's running the Seventy Sixers. And more not a fan of trading Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. There was, of course, rumors that those two guys would be traded after they got absolutely embarrassed, embarrassed by Boston in the playoffs back in, uh, back in mid-August. Um, switching gears now to Major League Baseball for a quick second to close out the program, then we say goodbye. Um, Tony Larusa named a new manager. Uh, of the Chicago White Sox, uh, favor Jerry Reinsdorf, one of his biggest regrets as White Sox owner is letting uh, Tony La Russa go back, what, going on 40 years ago? Uh, when, he, when, he let, when he let Tony La Russa go, Tony La Russa returned to managing for the first time in nine years. Last time he managed was in 2011, of course, when the Cardinals won the whole thing, defeating the Rangers in seven games. Multi-year deal, uh, new manager for the White Sox beginning in 2021. I like to hire me personally. I understand everyone's like, oh, well, everyone hates to hire because, well, he's old and young, this, that, and the other. Tony Russo will be fine, okay? He can see he's fluent in Spanish, so he so he doesn't have that language barrier with the Hispanic ball players. And when you're a Hall of Fame manager, third all-time in, in wins, you know, won many uh won many of a uh, big time postseason series, including a a, few, a couple World Series championships. You'll be fine, okay. I, La Russa wants to go back, you know, repay Reinsdorf, win Reinsdorf a championship or two, and then retire for good. So, you know, you know, maybe maybe the wear and tear of the hundred sixty two game season flying cross country will wear him out. You know, there'll be times middle of July, 76 years of age, he'll get worn out, you know, flying from uh, 
flying from Chicago to Toronto, all the way out west to Oakland. I'm pretty sure that will that will wear them out. But I I like the higher. I I like the higher. Yeah, you got winning experience. You got championship experience from a team that made the postseason for the first time in quite a long in quite a while. There's nowhere else to go in my opinion but up. So I I absolutely love the Tony La Russa signing. Tigers tab uh, AJ Hinch is their next manager right after his suspension ends. Um, AJ Hinch better uh, be up be on the straight and narrow and prove to America that he is a good uh, that he's a good manager and doesn't have to uh, construct a little uh, stealing sign uh contraptions in order for him to do it. Now don't now granted the Tigers aren't you know, they can use all the trash cans and the and the and the watches and the buzzers all they want. Still is gonna change the fact that the Detroit Tigers are going to be a lousy baseball team in twenty twenty one. Um this I guess I guess the uh I guess the smooth by the Tigers is looking to is looking to have a manager that's trying to uh that's looking at that's looking at redemption you know trying to re to earn back the trust of baseball and baseball fans everywhere that he's still a good manager that he's still a good reliable trustworthy human being and honestly you know i think going thinking back upon it about a couple of days ago saying eh, I don't AJ Hinch. I mean, you couldn't have hired anybody AJ Hinch now. But looking back on it, I think this is the better. I think this is a better. I think this. I think AJ Hinch would be better off for this hire than the Tigers will because the Tigers aren't going to win anytime soon. And AJ and I guess it's like a a uh, a piece of humble pie, if you will, for AJ Hinch. You know, try. You know. You know he his he you know he didn't get he didn't get a uh, top job with one of the uh, with a with a contender, you know he's he's getting uh, he's getting the table scraps he's getting you know De- he's getting the Detroit Tigers he's getting uh, what well, what was the Tigers record in two thousand in in twenty uh, I know they lost over a hundred games in two thousand and uh, in two thousand and nineteen. 2020 the tigers of course were last in their division and went 23 and 35 so he's gonna have to start his way from the bottom and work his way up back on top which looking back on you know and people are like well make him with minor leagues i'm like like i mean if they made him do that i wouldn't complain about it but you know he do we do really have to go through all that i think the fact that he will he will be managing you know, one of the worst baseball teams of the last couple of seasons will be humble. You know, ha- having also been suspended for a year and fired by his former employee employer. I think being the manager of the Detroit Tigers will be humble pie enough. When and, you know, one would one would at least think so. That being a manager of the Detroit Tigers would be humble pie enough, and uh, and this would be his quote unquote on field punishment, if you will. You know, you get fired, you got the league suspension. Now try to now try to compete in the uh, you know now try to compete with the Detroit Tigers and see how you fare then. So, uh, but if they but if baseball wanted to ban AJ Hinch for life, which I wasn't necessarily going to advocate for, but if they wanted to or they want to get give him a uh, a suspension lasting a couple of years, I wouldn't have said boo. Wouldn't have been my purpose, but I wouldn't have said boo. And uh, so he's going to have the Tiger job in twenty twenty one and beyond. And hopefully Detroit, hopefully what A.J. Hinch will take from his days in Houston is how to win. And win with class and to win with dignity and to win the right way. No cheating, no bats banging against trash cans and buzzards and video boards and that nonsense. Win and play the game the right way. And if they do that, and I, then I'd say, say maybe A.J. Hinch will probably, you know, uh, win back the majority of the baseball fans. But Dodgers got their championship. You know, if the Yankees get there the last couple of years, I, I don't think you'll see too many people continue to yell and scream and hold a grudge against A.J. Hinch uh, and the uh, and the core and the Astros and all that sort of stuff. You know, Dodger, if the Yankees win in 2021-2022, I think the Astros thing won't be forgotten. But I think people be like, you know what? We won our championship. Time has passed. Team's a lot different now as far as I'm talking about the Astros. You know what? 
let's move on. But that's where you stand with your little quick, uh, you know, Maury with the 76ers, uh, La Russa with the White Sox, and A.J. Hinch with the Detroit Tigers, and Candace Cameron Bure with a, uh, with a new Hallmark uh, holiday movie coming out entitled Christmas in the Slammer. Starring Lori Laughlin. Laugh, that was funny. I want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Amatelecatelia's podcast. If you love what you heard, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow your boy on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatelet underscore podcast. Follow the show on Twitter at Amatel underscore it T-I-S. Couple days left, y'all. Be sure to get out there and vote. It's very important. That's your boy, Jai Shields. Enjoy week eight of the National Football League. Talk to you Wednesday. See you.